Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? Are you how are your resolutions going? Are you are you hanging strong? Well, I'm hanging in there with resolutions. Uh, I hope most people are. You know, January is resolutions month when when people uh, are are typically doing pretty good. Uh, it's not until next month that we start fading, uh, as far as that goes. But uh, yeah, I can I can say that I'm I'm still doing okay. Um, you know, the hard part is sustaining what we want to do, and and I'm I'm a believer. Uh, in the fact that you can't do things in one big fell swoop. You got to take baby steps over time uh, to make any lasting uh, change. So that's uh, just just the way it is. Um, anyway, I, you know, it's it's uh, this is the time of year that uh, is really difficult to plan things out. Um, uh, unless you're planning to j- just go to the Bahamas or, or or the Caribbean or something like that, knowing that it's going to be warm down there, because you know we we have uh, horrible, cold, windy, stormy uh, days, and, and and then we have balmy days, and you know it's like uh, one comes after the next, and so we'll have those Indian summer days, but. You know, for the most part, January is going to be cold. You know, I, all I can say is I hope uh, in the next uh, several months that we we get about two weeks of really cold weather, and and that makes the spring and summer just so much more pleasant. You know, but because it kills kills a bunch of bugs uh, when you have uh, the cold weather that comes in and it freezes and. But, but I don't want too much of that because <laughs> I like the balmy weather a whole lot better, and I know most people do. Um, actually, this morning I wanted to continue because I didn't really get enough time last week to uh, give to a topic of great importance uh, to many families. Not all families, but it's the kind of thing where Um, I I wanted to talk more about marriage uh, and all the tentacles that uh, come with marriage. But the fact is that marriage is a significant step for us. Uh, You know, it's not something that you enter into lightly. Uh, I think folks should know that. Um, uh, and uh, once uh, you have entered into the marriage, uh, it's important to do our best to maintain that marriage, which uh, most of us who've been married for a long time find it can be difficult <laughs> at times. Uh, not all the time, you know, but it, it, it certainly, uh, marriage is not, easy uh, under the best of circumstances, but the fact is that uh, we need to do what we can to take care of our marriage for, for lots and lots of reasons. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but, but sometimes uh, people stay together uh, simply for the sake of their children, but, you know, obviously... 
having children is uh, another important step, as you know, having just had a, uh, your wife just having had a, a child. Uh, it, it's um, it, it's something that most of us desire. Uh, not everyone, you know, we're all unique. We have different uh, ideas about where we want to uh, be and what we want to do with our own life, which is appropriate. But the fact is, is that most folks uh, do, in fact, uh, want a marriage and want to have children, uh, and it's an important part uh, of uh, their lifestyle. Uh, and with marriage comes a lot of, uh, of things legally uh, that are extremely important to us. So uh, there, there are things that we uh, need to be aware of. I mean, I think most people would be aware of this, but when we uh, get married, we have an insurable interest in each other. Uh, that and what what that means is, you know, we can certainly purchase uh, life insurance uh, on each other's life uh, to protect each other and to protect our children. And and er, early on, uh, most people, when they've purchased a home, uh, will be smart enough to at least buy term life insurance uh, to cover. Uh, the debt that they have on their house and hopefully uh, other things as well because um, and of course you hope it never pays off because that means you have to die <laughs> but uh, or at least not uh, during the term uh, of term insurance um, but we're, we also have an insurable interest uh, for purposes of health insurance so you know, obviously a lot of folks will have health insurance and dental insurance and the like for their spouse uh, through their employer and, and the like. Uh, we also share Social Security accounts. Uh, and, of course, we, we both have to contribute to it until we can draw Social Security. But Social Security elections, a, a lot of folks don't realize that they have... Um, uh, uh, they actually share and can share in their Social Security accounts. And once your spouse draws Social Security, and if you're old enough to draw Social Security as well, uh, you can draw half of your living spouse's uh, Social Security. Uh, of course, it makes a difference at what age you take it, because if you take it before full retirement age, then you have to take a permanent um deduction, if you will. In other words, they reduce how much you can actually receive if you take it early. But there are an awful lot of folks who go out and take Social Security at age 62, which uh, for most of us is a huge mistake. It, now, it's not a mistake for those folks who are sick and not likely to live a lot longer. Uh, and it's certainly not a mistake for folks who um uh, are starving, you know, they don't have enough money to live on, and Social Security is available to them. Well, that's a no-brainer as well. But for those of us who are doing okay financially and are in good health, then it's generally a mistake to take Social Security early. But everybody's different. So um, now, uh, retirement account uh, 
entitlements are true in some states. In other words, particularly with ERISA plans, 401k plans, in a lot of states, you can't give your retirement account to someone other than your spouse without your spouse uh, approving it and signing to allow you to give it. Now, normally, you'd be doing that for the for the benefit of your children, but not necessarily. And and the fact is, is that in most states, you can't do it without your signing, without the spouse signing an approval uh, for you to to actually do it. So that in, in now that's not true in North Carolina, uh, but it is true in in most states. So it's it's uh, that's an important thing, but it's also important for folks to understand that your spouse, as long as you're married, uh, has a right, an absolute legal right to inherit from you. Uh, And and, uh, in the event that you are uh, killed uh, by, you know, in essence, a wrongful death situation, then your spouse is entitled to uh, a significant portion of the wrongful death proceeds. And, and that's true whether you have children or not. But th- what I'm getting at is, is that there uh, are uh, m- many things about marriage that are very I- important to us. And, you know, for those uh, couples who decide to live together outside of marriage, um, they don't, they're not entitled to, to these uh, things uh, as it relates to sharing Social Security or having insurable interests and, uh, and being able to provide uh, things like that or being able to leave a pension, for instance, to uh, your spouse upon your death. You know, those kinds of things. Uh, sometimes you can leave uh, pensions to your children, uh, but in terms of, of a, a, a typical entitlement, the fact that you can actually plan for it and do it, those kinds of things um, are, are really important. And But I go back to the fact that, uh, unfortunately, divorce is... Um, very common uh, in the United States. Um, it, you know, frankly, about half the folks who get married uh, end up in a divorce. Now, there may be a, f- a few folks out there who skew those numbers because they uh, get divorced three or four times and remarry. Um, uh, but, but the fact is, is that the percentage is is pretty high, and it's it's uh, a huge concern. For parents, particularly parents that uh, uh, have created a legacy that they intend to leave to their children, uh, they don't want to see that inheritance uh, divided with an ex-spouse. And that's something that trust planning can can actually uh, help with as it relates to planning. But the, the fact is, at least from my 47-plus years of legal experience, I I think I've seen more money lost in divorces uh, than in any other one avenue uh, of uh, need for asset 
protection, if you will. And uh, so it just it just emphasizes how important it is uh, to at, at least do the best you can to keep uh, your marriage uh, in good shape. But, but the fact is, as much as we try, that um, there, there are lots of folks who get surprised uh, when their spouse uh, leaves them and, and they don't realize that their marriage is, is, uh, is in bad shape until it's over. And uh, frankly, it's important, and one of the things I wanted to emphasize today was the difference between how things uh, are distributed in a divorce versus how things might be distributed at your death. Uh, Because when you get right down to it, when it comes to death, your spouse is the only person who actually has an entitlement to um, uh, not necessarily all, but a portion or all of your property. Um, so that uh, is really important for folks to understand. Uh, so I, you know, obviously there's more to talk about as it relates to this, and and but I want to focus on this, and, and as well as situations where uh, families have estranged situations with certain children, or, or situations where. Uh, for good reason, they want to leave a, a, a greater percentage to one child than other children. In other words, an unequal distribution. So you have dysfunctional family situations, you have estrangement, you have situations where one child deserves to receive more uh, in an estate than others. And so the question is, how do you do that effectively? So that's what I want to talk about. Family dynamics create some very unique situations, and you want your planning to be able to adapt to those unique situations. You don't want some cookie-cutter approach to your plans when something fully customizable could be available to you. If you would like to chat with an elder law attorney, speak with someone on the team at WG Alexander and Associates. There's two easy ways to do that. You can go to WGALaw.com online, or you can call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. If you go to WGALaw.com, you can also find information about their free webinars that are happening on Wednesday, February 14th. If you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning, this is a wonderful opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to register and attend for free. There's absolutely no cost to attend the webinars. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can go 
To find more information about W.G. Alexander and Associates, their free webinars that happen the second Wednesday of every month, next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, February 14th, a Valentine's Day special. Learn more about asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance. If you or a loved one is dealing with long-term care issues and the extravagant costs associated with that, please make it a priority to register and attend the long-term care assistance webinar. It deals highly in-depth with Medicaid, VA benefits, very helpful information for those who are looking for financial assistance when it comes to the cost of long-term care. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. Click on the Seminars button to register. It's free to do so. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about marriage and family dynamics. And as we were wrapping up the last segment, we were sort of talking about uh, conclusions to marriage that we don't often think about, whether it's death or divorce. Well, the, first of all, um, if you're unlucky enough to be in a marriage that doesn't work out, um, then that basically uh, pushes you towards divorce. Uh, what's the first part of it? Uh, obviously, it typically uh, it is where one uh, or the other uh, separates and lives separate and apart uh, from the other. And when a married couple intentionally lives separate and apart uh, from the other uh, in North Carolina, after living separate and apart for one year, you are entitled to a divorce. In essence, it's a, a no-fault divorce at that point uh, to some degree. I don't know if I should use those words because... There, uh, in uh, divorce, there are typically three or four issues that uh, arise. Uh, and I'm not talking about how long have you been separated. I mean, the, the, the biggies uh, that, uh, have to do, and of course, uh, wh- which one might be the most important issue is going to depend on the family situations. But typically, you have uh, child custody, you know, who's going to take care of bodily of of uh, the children uh, and, and hopefully in a good a, a better situation you're going to have a joint custody situation and not not necessarily that though um, and then child support uh, is a big issue obviously uh, alimony can be an issue where you have a supporting spouse and a dependent spouse and where the supporting spouse uh, has been into some mischief, if you will, that is a marital wrong, uh, and the supporting spouse uh, uh, has a valid claim for alimony. And so I'm not going to go into that, but um, alimony can be paid for a period of time by agreement, or it can last uh, forever until the, the death uh, or remarriage of the spouse uh, who gets alimony, depending on the circumstances of the case. But typically, the most difficult issue to, uh, in, in many cases, not all, is the equitable distribution of marital property. And so uh, the question is, Okay, how does that work? Well, what does that mean, equitable distribution? It 
Equitable means typically, unless there's a reason it shouldn't be, it means equal. Okay, now equitable doesn't necessarily mean equal because there are sometimes reasons why it shouldn't be equal. But the fact is, is that, so the, the real question is, what's marital property? And here, is, this is what gets a lot of folks, but uh, anything that's acquired during the marriage, and that, that might mean your home, it probably does, because for most folks, you're paying a mortgage payment that's uh, your income is marital, your retirement accounts are marital, uh, anything you purchase is going to be marital. Uh, the only thing that is typically the exception to what marital property is, uh, is what you might inherit or what your parents or grandparents might gift to you as long as it's gifted to you alone, in other words, not to you and your spouse, and it's not commingled uh, with your spouse's assets as well. In other words, if it's kept separate, uh, then typically that's not going to be divided uh, if it has been kept separate. But then you also have uh, assets that can be a little more complicated. And a good example of that uh, is uh, my son, George Alexander, who's a financial advisor at Edward Jones. Uh, he purchased a home as a single young man. Uh, and then about two years later, uh, married a wonderful young lady. And so guess what? The house was non-marital property. He owned, or at least he owned part of the house anyway, uh, before he got married. But uh, as most young people, he had a pretty, pretty good-sized mortgage that he has to pay every month. So once he married, and, and to the best of my knowledge, his house is still in his name alone, but the question is, is it marital property now that he's married? And the fact is that it is partially marital because the, uh, what it was worth, uh, you know, less the mortgage, uh, prior to his marriage was non-marital property. But each month he pays the mortgage with marital property, his income. So in essence, every month the house is becoming a little more marital property uh, each month. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's the kind of case. And it doesn't matter that the house is only in his name. It's It doesn't matter whose name uh, property is acquired in, whether it's one spouse or the other or both names. Uh, it's if it's acquired during the marriage, it's marital property and to be equitably divided in a divorce. So, so uh, now there is one other uh, thing that I, I should and want to say, and I think this is um, this is because I've seen it happen and it resulted in a, a horrible result, and that's this. If you're in a divorce situation and, and you've lived uh, separate and apart for more than a year, but the lawyers have not been able to resolve the property settlement, the, 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 uh, as an estate planner, I would tell you uh, that you should impose upon your lawyer uh, to get your divorce 
uh, prior to reaching your property settlement. And why do I say that? It's because uh, if you don't have a separation agreement and a property settlement, uh, even though you're in a divorce fight and you haven't resolved things, you're entitled to a divorce, but you haven't gotten the divorce yet. If you die, your spouse is entitled to a portion of your estate. And, and that's where the rub lies. Because, number one, they, you know, equitable distribution gives them what they're ever entitled to under a divorce from a judge or a settlement from the attorneys. But if you die, they're entitled to a portion of your estate as a matter of law. And that's true whether you have a will or a trust that says otherwise. Because you might have changed your will to say, I leave everything to the kids or to my siblings and nothing to my spouse. But the fact is, if you die before that divorce is granted, your spouse is entitled to receive a large portion of your estate. So the best thing I can tell in most cases is when you're entitled to your divorce, you can get your divorce and keep your property settlement uh, going, if you will, to where it can be resolved after your divorce. But the fact is is that there's, there's a big difference in how things will be resolved depending on whether you're uh, resolving the property through a divorce or resolving the property because of a death. And, and, and while we don't expect to die, we, we certainly uh, hope that that's not going to happen, but uh, how things are distributed will be significantly different depending on whether it's distributed based upon a divorce decree or a, or, or a death. So... You know, just, you know, because bad things happen unexpectedly, you know, that's part of life is is death, and uh, it, it makes a big difference in terms of how things are resolved. It's something that we all usually don't want to think about, but it is important to make sure that you consider what might happen and the fallout from that, because as you said, Bill, 50% of marriages end in divorce. Make sure that you make it a priority of yours as we said earlier it's beginning of 2024 get some planning in order if you would like to sit down with an elder law attorney you can go to wgalaw.com to schedule some time to speak with someone on the team at wg alexander and associates you can also call the office the phone number is 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 also make it a priority to attend one of the webinars this year. They're done the second Wednesday of every month. There's two webinars on those Wednesdays. The next one coming up is Wednesday, February 14th. If you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance, families struggling with the cost of long-term care who are interested in learning more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance that is available to most middle-class families. You really want to attend this free webinar. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to register for free to attend. 
quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill and W.G. Alexander and Associates. WGALaw.com is where you can also go to register for their free webinars happening on Wednesday, February 14th. If you would like to learn more about asset protection and trust planning or long-term care assistance, financial assistance for families who are dealing with a long-term care crisis, go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to register for free to attend one of those webinars. And you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You just need a device with internet access and an email address, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we've been speaking on the subject of marriage. This is sort of a continuation of our discussion that we started at the end of the program last week, and we've gone over uh, basically the conclusion of a marriage. Typically, we're speaking about divorce right now, and Bill, we're going to get now into the agreements that can occur. Well, when it comes to property rights in marriage, um, then uh, we need to talk about prenuptial agreements, pre-marriage agreements, uh, and post-nuptial or post-marriage agreements, because these are agreements that we we make, uh, hopefully before marriage, uh, and uh, they're agreements that um, can help a marriage thrive, uh, depending on the circumstances, because this is not necessarily a bad marriage situation. This is a good marriage situation. Uh, but it's the kind of thing where we can alter property rights uh, as it relates to marriage by entering into a, a mutually beneficial uh, agreement. And... Um, uh, but and you know, obviously, it's very important in North Carolina law uh, as to how that works. But the fact is, is that most young people in a first marriage rarely have a pre-marriage agreement. Um, now, that might not be the case when uh, a person has already acquired a good bit of property. Uh, and and they want to make sure they protect what they've already acquired, or it may be that they've already inherited a good bit of property, and they want to make sure that that's protected in the event that the marriage doesn't work out down the road. But the fact is, is that even in second and third marriages for people, uh, oftentimes a prenuptial agreement is overlooked or thought unnecessary. And quite frankly, in almost every case, uh, particularly in a second or third marriage, especially if there are children by a previous marriage, then it is so much wiser to have a marital agreement 
you know, uh, and it's so much easier to make sure that it gets done properly prior to a marriage than after the marriage. I've, I've had lots of clients who have come in uh, and they say, oh, we agreed to keep things separate. And uh, my accounts are totally separate from my husband's or my wife's. And, uh, but no, we've never, we've never done a marriage agreement. But uh, I'm, I'm sure if I die first, my spouse will honor what we've uh, agreed to. And the fact is, you can't, shouldn't be able to sleep at night with that, even if, if you love your spouse and, and you are confident that your spouse will do that. Because upon your death, without a pre-marriage agreement or a post-marriage agreement, your spouse has entitlements. And it's like, you're gone, you're dead, you're buried. Why would they not necessarily make sure they get what they're entitled to? And the fact is, you don't know that they're going to take away your children's inheritance because they're entitled to it unless you have a pre-marriage agreement. And quite frankly, any time there are children by previous marriage, what I, what I will tell folks is that a pre-marriage agreement is just a no-brainer because how would you expect your children to accept your new spouse if they think your new spouse is just basically there to take their inheritance away from them. You know, it makes it 10 times more difficult for your children to embrace your new spouse as a good person. Uh, now, if there's a pre-marriage agreement, then they know that at, at that point, because, uh, because then they assume that they're still going to get the inheritance that they would otherwise get anyway. Now, that's not necessarily true, because with a pre-marriage agreement, you can still leave your children out, and you can leave everything to your new spouse if that's what you want to do. But the difference is, is your spouse, when there's a pre-marriage agreement, isn't entitled to it. You, you know, there's so many things. I mean, for instance, you can have, now you have to have a prenuptial agreement that is executed, that means signed well before the marriage. In fact, the best ones are done before the wedding date is even set because the bottom line is if if you're coming to your spouse or your you know your um, your betrothed if if you will uh, you know the night before the wedding basically saying sign here or I'm not going to show up tomorrow then that type of an agreement a court could throw out. Uh, so Obviously, it needs to be signed where to, uh, you know each party is represented by different attorneys, uh, and, and that it's mutually agreed and executed uh, long before the wedding date. Um, but it has to be a mutual agreement. But the thing about it is, with a prenuptial agreement, you can agree to uh, be able to uh, keep all of your your. Uh, property that you owned prior to marriage and that your earnings uh, are separate property and not marital property and uh, waive uh, potential alimony that could be sought later to where uh, a, a, an aggrieved spouse cannot claim alimony uh, because it was agreed to prior to the marriage that that's not 
uh, going to be part of it. Uh, and, and, of course, importantly, that they give up the, the right to inherit uh, from you uh, as your spouse. Um, that All of those uh, can be contractually uh, waived. And so, obviously, if, if you are a, a person that's acquired a lot of property over the years and you're thinking about uh, remarriage, uh, being able to enter into an agreement where your property remains yours without complications, where you can contract on your own without your spouse's signature. Uh, you know, in North Carolina, you, you can't, uh, um, uh, you um, need your spouse's signature to be able to sell real estate, even if you own it by yourself. Now, if of course, with a prenuptial agreement, you can contract where that's not required. But the fact is, is that that uh, prenuptial agreements can make a huge difference in terms of your ability to leave your estate to your children or others other than your spouse without having any interference in your estate. So, uh, your ability to do what you want, the way you want, in terms of your estate planning, uh, uh, might depend on whether or not you have a contract, a pre-marriage, pre-nuptial contract uh, that's valid uh, before your marriage. Uh, Now, you can also agree to these things after marriage, but obviously your ability to uh, have an agreement reached can be more difficult um, after marriage than before marriage. All things to consider and factor into your planning as well. If you have you know dropped the ball on your planning, it's not something that you've considered, get a hold of an elder law attorney. Or if you've done some planning in the past and would like to have your documents reviewed, now's a wonderful time to start that process. Speak with someone on the team at WG Alexander and Associates. Speak with an elder law attorney. Go to WGALaw.com. You can find information there about scheduling an appointment. You can also find information about their free webinars as well. If you would like to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, sign up for their free webinars that happen the second Wednesday of every month. The next webinar session is happening on wednesday february 14th register for free at wgalaw.com just click on the seminars button to learn more a quick break and back this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander we'll be back after this Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can go to learn more about WG Alexander and Associates and uh, schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney or learn more about their free webinars. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and Bill, we're talking about marriage here and always an important disclaimer when we're 
on well, this subject. The, the, dis, the disclaimer is uh, for marriage issues uh, and the things we've been talking about with prenups and uh, the like is don't come to my law firm for that. I mean, go to a family lawyer because that's what they do. We do the estate planning. Uh, but uh, these issues are really important as it relates to estate planning. But when it comes to having uh, a well-drafted uh, prenuptial agreement, go to a family lawyer. Now, what about what if you need or want to disinherit a child or to make an unequal division of property among your children? Those are very important. And you know, unfortunately, there are, lot, there are families that have children who are estranged and don't deserve anything from us. You know, they, it's their decision. They, they don't want anything to do with us. And so do we really want to leave them anything? And the answer is generally no, we don't. Now, the first thing to know is that in North Carolina, a child is not entitled to inherit anything as long as we have a plan, and, and a plan means we have a will or a trust to distribute our property. Now, if we don't have a will and we have children, then our children are entitled through intestate succession, which is what the law is when you don't have a will. But if we have an instrument conveying our property, we can do whatever we want to subject to our spouse's entitlement, as we've been talking about. But now, if we want to leave a child out, don't you dare leave a child that you intend to disinherit a dollar or $10 or $100. To do that just makes the estate much more difficult to handle when all you need to do is to say, yes, I've got this child, I recognize him, but I'm not leaving him anything. Uh, and I disinherit him as though he has predeceased me or she's predeceased me. Or you can say he and his lineal descendants uh, uh, are to be treated as they've been predeceased. But the fact is, is that you don't want to complicate things. Now, if you have a concern uh, over the possibility of a child or a, a, a spouse destroying your will, uh, your last will and testament. You can, in fact, um, uh, now there's some attorneys, I don't like it, but there's some attorneys who will actually keep original wills. I, I don't in my firm, I don't like the practice, but to the, the, to the degree that you're worried about somebody finding your will and destroying it because they'd rather have an, an intestate succession situation, you can, in most counties, give your will to the clerk of superior court for safekeeping. If you do that, you need to get a receipt. Now, let's say that you're worried about a, a child upon your death contesting your will. In North Carolina, you can actually probate your will while you're alive. That's called a living probate. And quite frankly, it's extremely difficult for a child to come and look in you in the face and basically say, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you, you would have remembered me. But the fact is, it's a very effective way of, uh, particularly when you have an unequal division of property 
or uh, you can also use a no contest provision in your will or trust, which basically, if they contest anything, disinherits them completely. So a living probate or a no contest provision can be very effective estate planning. It's great advice and more advice that you can get from an elder law attorney. Sit down with one to make sure that your plans are enacted the way that you want them to. And as Bill said, you want to avoid, if you want to avoid those intestate laws, this is a great way to do that. Go to WGALaw.com, schedule some time to speak with an elder law attorney at WG Alexander and Associates. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Stick around. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to register for the free webinars happening on Wednesday, February 14th. Learn more about asset protection and trust planning as well as long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits. It's free to attend, free to register. Do so now. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to learn more. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening. We're out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next week. You've been listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.